At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com So we're going to meet up there and then on April 2nd at some time during the day, they're going to start the, the event and we're going to navigate the waters from the panhandle all the way across to the Gulf Coast, all the way down the Gulf Coast, all the way to Key West, um, around the southernmost point, all the way back up the Keys. We're going to do a media stop in, at Gilbert's in Key, Key Largo. Um, and then we're going to go up the East Coast and we'll do about close to about 15, 1,400, 1,500 miles. Uh, and we're going to end in Jacksonville and first team there wins, you know. So, you know, we're going to, you know, no matter what the weather is, um, whenever they say go, you know, you and I will be in the boat. We'll be, uh, we'll have two guys in the truck and we'll pre-plan our stops. Um, we've got some, we're already starting at the shop, which I'm going to share with you today, some top secret things that we've, <laughs> we've got going on. <laughs> yeah. And and, um, you know, we, we, we plan out our stops as a team. Um, we plan for the unknown. We have a backup for the backup. This is Heath Daughtry, and this is the Tom Rowland Podcast. Welcome to the podcast today. This is a special one. I am in Bradenton, Florida, and just met up with Heath Daughtry. He runs the small boat division for Yellowfin, and he has also made some big changes in his life and has really embraced the physical culture. He took me to his gym, Fit Crew, loved it at five o'clock this morning. It was fantastic. They have just a great community, great culture. Loved it. And Heath has gotten himself in really good shape. So that was fun. Great way to start the day. And now we're going to do this podcast where, um, for the first time, really in public, I haven't really said that I'm going to be doing this, but I'm really excited about it. Heath asked me to be his partner in the upcoming Skiff Challenge, which is going to be on April 1st. So we're getting ready for that. Part of getting ready for that is obviously being in very good shape. Uh, because it is a grueling, long, really, it's an endurance um, contest. It's it's a very, I've never done it, but I know enough about riding around in a boat that I know that driving a boat from Florabama around 
the southernmost point of Key West and all the way up to Jacksonville is going to be something that no matter what kind of shape you're in, it's going to be difficult and um, probably painful. But the better shape that you can be in on the way um, will make the race just that much easier or maybe allow us to actually finish it. So Heath is, is all in. He is in great shape and um, it was fun to work out with him this morning. So stand by for an awesome podcast with Heath. Learn about the origins of the Skiff Challenge and where it's headed in the future. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. All right, Heath. Man, how's it going? Going great, man. I'm so glad that you could uh, you could do this. We started our day in the best way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you have uh, you took me to your place, Fit Crew, in Bradenton, and um, we had an amazing workout there. It was fantastic. I love the whole I love the whole vibe. Like I like to go visit different gyms. Mm-hmm. That one was really good. One of yeah. the one of the better ones. <clears throat> It's definitely the best thing I've ever done. I've been to a lot of gyms and one of the, I think one of the hardest things is when you walk through the door, you know, there's, there's certain ways to do it. You can be the guy that, that has the, uh, the motivation, the dedication, you're going to go in there and you've got a little bit of education, uh, on how to work out. Maybe you've hung out with some friends, maybe you get a group of guys, you know, maybe you do it in your driveway. Mm-hmm. But, uh, to me, I like going there. I like the intensity I see, you know, 55 year old women doing things that I, I know I can't do, (laughs) you know, uh, one legged pistols off a, you know, off a, uh, you know, a a jump box. And I'm just like, man, you know, I know how difficult that is. Yeah. And so it's challenging, you know, and every morning you walk in that place, I have no idea. It's, it's almost relaxing because I put it into their hands. And I could be doing the most oddball stuff. I could be just hitting the weights. Um, I could be all cardio, but I know that I'm going to have a great time. And it's a positive people all the way around. So me. how did, how did this start for you? Um, I think, um, well, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it, but a couple of years back, I had a really tough skiff challenge. Um, and I think in a podcast that we had talked that about when before, you decided to use a tiller. <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, it was that- after that. It was um, basically I sandbagged. I you know I'd had one or two up under my belt, and um, life was just getting hard. Uh, work was this and that, and you know you have this event coming, and I just sandbagged it. I just said, hey, I've done this a couple times. I'm going to go out here. You know, I'm going to do it. And we finished it, but I could not move Hmm. for probably a good three days. I mean, my core, my legs, my back, I just got rocked. And um, probably the best thing that ever happened to me. I came home, I healed up a little bit, um, started kind of evaluating where I was. I got two young boys, eight Mm -hmm. and 12, um, you know, 
if they run, I got to beat them, (laughs) you know? So, um, my wife, um, had, had actually been and introduced me to Ray, Ray Gardner. Um, and it just so happens that he was at fit crew, uh, went in to meet him one day, um, set up a schedule, figured out what my work, you know, what I could do. I like mornings, the earlier, the better. Mm -hmm. Um, I like prepping. Um, so it fit kind of my little bit of a militant type background. Um, and we started hammering out. We started small. I mean, we started really small and I just started to feel better. And the more I did, the other things just kind of fell in order. Um, you know, like we were talking earlier, diet, diet is the biggest thing in the world to me. I mean, I've lost 40, right at about 44 pounds. Wow. And yes, I've been going to the gym and I've been doing this, but it's mostly the diet. The more I go to the gym and the more I work out, I can't eat pizza. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, it, this, it doesn't well, make it, it doesn't sit well with right. me. There's a huge, uh, thing like I'm a morning workout guy and my group is a morning workout thing. And I've seen people have amazing results like you have and, and even, even more. And part of that, like I've thought about that, like, what is it that's going on here? It's probably somewhat the exercise. It's probably somewhat the camaraderie that happens there that makes people continue to come. But a big, big, big part of it is that it's really early in the morning. And so that on its own changes so many things, even if you're not worried about your diet. Like if you go to the uh, the gym and you throw up at five o'clock in the morning, which is pretty easy to do if you mm-hmm. had a huge meal the night before, a couple of drinks, whatever. And all of a sudden people aren't like, man, I really want to eat that. God, I want to eat that so bad. It's like they look at something like a giant lasagna or, you know, a few glasses of red wine and a lasagna, which you know, that would have been fine. That would have been fine. But now they're like, hmm, that's going to be painful. That's going to hurt. <laughs> that is going to hurt tomorrow. And it's all about that early morning thing. I, I really believe that because, you know, and that that kind of gets people to just get the real crap out of their system, like too many drinks at night, too much uh, really junk food or bad food, eating too late. And, and the morning workout just clears all that up because you just don't want to throw up, yeah. you know, it's, you don't, the, it's the accountability, right? You know, you're self accountable for, you know, you know, when I show up to, you know, to the gym in the morning and in Ray is sitting there, welcoming it, welcoming me in, I'm held accountable, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And, and I know that you know, I've got to do my best. Right. Try. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's, that's, I love the group the group thing. And, um, that that's, you know, you're doing it as much for Ray, your trainer, as you are for the people that are in there with you or mm-hmm. the whole class or whatever. But, um, that morning that's been, that's been really a big thing for, for people to get a lot of, uh, results because like I said, they, they just clear up that diet part on their own and then they start feeling better. And then it's like, Oh, how could I even do better? And then there's these stair steps like, okay, now I'm going to really watch what I'm eating. And that's when, that's when things really start to happen. Like 40 pounds down. That's, that's pretty awesome. How old are you? I'm 46. Yeah. So a lot of people don't think that, I mean, you're 45, you're out of shape. 
A lot of people don't think you can turn it around, but you, you can, the human yeah. body is amazing. Yeah. One little, one little step at a time. Um, you know, my, my cousin just started working out with us mm-hmm. you met yeah. him this morning and he's, I mean, he's, he's gone from one, one level to another whole plateau, mm-hmm. you know, just in the self-confidence that, you know, show up, just show up, you know, and, and give it 110 try, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, that, that makes you feel good. You know, you become, even though we're family, it doesn't matter. You know, it was something I wanted to share with you. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's the camaraderie that we have together there and the teamwork, mm-hmm. you know, which I really like. So the change that you made in your life was because of the skiff challenge pretty much like you decided. I think that was the, this hurts too bad. Exclamation I've got to do something that, yeah. Hey, you know, you're not getting any younger. You got to do something. Um, at the time, you know, my partner was Chase, mm-hmm. who's, you know, quite a little fit nut himself. And uh, it was uh, it was challenging to, to, to keep up with him. And at the same time, you know, the, the type of pain that I was going through and competing in it. So, yeah, well. He's quite a bit younger. Yeah, he's younger, you know, and, and he he lives by the code. So that's, uh, you know, it was, you know, I could, again, being held accountable. That mm-hmm. was my partner. I couldn't do that. Within the next year, with the the next time we ran it, night and day difference. Really? And the, and the weather was just as bad or just as rough. And I hopped off the boat and, you know, didn't have a, you know, a pain one. Um, was sore a little bit, but nothing, nothing like the year before. You know, had dropped some weight, had really focused on my core for, you know, five, six months mm-hmm. leading up to it. Um, you know, tried to try to get my back, you know, put back together and, you know, sh- you know, sh- strengthen that up. And it, it, it paid off. It paid off. It's, you know, it, when you do that challenge, there's a whole other conversation you can have about the obstacles you'll face. But the last thing I want to do is, is face, um, you know, fatigue and failure within myself. Mm-hmm. So there's other things that can happen. Yeah. <laughs> and those, those are just, they're going to be to roll of the dice. Well, you know, so this is our, really our first meeting, um, to talk about the fact that we're going to team up for the yeah. skiff challenge, which I'm very excited about and yeah. also very scared about <laughs> and nervous. And I mean, I'm, I'm nervous and scared about it because like I have enough boating experience to understand what it is that I've signed on for. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think the, within our little community of the skiff challenge, um, competitors, people have known, but I don't, I don't think we've really put it out there to the general public that, right. you know, you're, you're coming on board with team. Well, Elephant. I know. And this is, this is, yeah. this is it. This is the, this is Everyone the announcement. Knows now. <laughs> yeah. Well, they will when this goes out, but, um, yeah, man, I'm excited about it. Um, but I know that, you know, we're going to need to talk a lot more about, preparation because it's a, yeah. I mean, tell a lot of people might not know what it is. So explain what the skiff challenge is and you started it. Yeah. Like, yeah, we started it. Um, take a lot of pride in that. Um, basically this coming April on April 2nd, you and I are probably April 1st, you and I are going to meet at, um, Florida, Alabama and, um, the little place, well-known Florida, Bama Mm -hmm. line up there. Uh, Captain's Clean Water will be hosting the event. We'll have, um, we'll see how many competitors we have at that time. It's an open door. I think we're up to six and they're limit, limiting it to eight. Really? Manufacturers. Okay. So we're up to six. Um, Why would they limit it? Just because there's too much liability or? I think just the coverage. Yeah. I mean, okay. it, it becomes to a, uh, 
a point to where you, you know, you're going to have a lot of teams spread out and they did a really great job last year covering every single team. Um, now they being captains, captains for clean water, captains mm-hmm. for clean water. So we're going to meet up there. And then on April 2nd at some time during the day, they're going to start the, the event and we're going to navigate the waters from the panhandle all the way across to the Gulf coast, all the way down the Gulf coast, all the way to Key West, um, around the southernmost point, all the way back up the Keys. We're going to do a media stop in, at Gilbert's in Key Largo. Um, and then we're going to go up the East Coast and we'll do about close to about 15, 1,400, 1,500 miles. Mm. Uh, and we're going to end in Jacksonville and first team there wins. Yeah. You know? So and, you know, uh, we're going to, you know, no matter what the weather is, um, whenever they say go, you know, you and I'll be in the boat. We'll be, uh, we'll have two guys in the truck. And we'll pre-plan our stops. Um, we've got some, we're already starting at the shop, which I'm going to share with you today. Some top secret things that we've, top secret. <laughs> we've got going not on for this, not for, not for discussion <laughs> yeah. on, on and, a recording. And, um, you know, we, we, we plan out our stops as a team. Um, we plan for the unknown. We have a so, backup. So wait for a the minute. There, the, there, there are mandatory stops and then there are. There's only like, one mandatory stop. Okay. The mandatory stop is in Gilbert's. Okay. And that's a media coverage. So that's where all the media has a chance to actually interview you and I. Right. And at this point, we've, we've pretty much gone all the way across the panhandle. We've gone all the way down the Gulf Coast at night. We've made our, you know, the ideal thing is we're going to pull into Marco and refuel. And depending on the weather, we either have to keep going through Florida Bay and go down, or we can make the jump from Marco straight to Key West and open water, which is about 100, 110 miles. But you actually have to go on the ocean side of the southernmost point. You have to, you have to take a picture at the southernmost point and um, there'll, there'll be, there'll be um, spectators there. Mm -hmm. I can guarantee Mm -hmm. it. They're always there waiting on us. (laughs) So, and everyone that's following us, that's something else. They'll be tracking us with a, um, with a device, a GPS, um, where captain's clean water has a page up. So, um, you know, it's shared, it's live. And so we know where everyone's at or they do, you and I are going to be focused, but, um, if we wanted to check on other teams, we could check. Yeah. Yeah. We could check. Well, I know one person will be watching that for the entire 1500 miles and that'll be my wife. Oh yeah. We'll have to give her Jen's number. Yeah. (laughs) She, she's already, um, a little apprehensive about, about this because she knows that, wait, it's a race. Oh boy. Like that means a lot of things to her immediately. Every year my wife gets a little, uh, you know, uneasy when it comes time, but very supportive, you know, love the little text messages I get every now and then, especially if you're in the lead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. don't, don't stop, get it over with, you know, so. So last year, did they, did they also do a bigger boat division? Not yet. Um, so we've, we've brought it out. Um, I think their, their captains is concentrating on the skiff level mm-hmm. right now. Um, our owner, uh, Wiley has basically said that, you know, he's going to do it in a bay boat for time. So we're, uh, we're going to put a 21 together mm. for him this year. He'll be up there. Uh, he's going to put the boat in the water and he'll just do a time run and he's going to do the whole, whole thing. Um, going to be a lot faster than us. Yeah. Um, 
And he'll have to have his own chase crew and stuff like that. But, you know, he'll put he'll put a time down and then, you know, we've got a baseline for it. Mm-hmm. Um, doing a bigger boat, some of the obstacles is basically it's going to be hard for captains for clean water to actually get coverage. Right. It would have to be some more mandatory stops um, just so you could, you know, collect data. A lot of the a lot of the content that you and I will get from the race is basically just from GoPros or something mounted in the boat. Mm-hmm. And then when we pull into our, our refuel stop, the guys from the truck, well, that's kind of like the NASCAR stop. They'll take the battery, they'll take the card, they'll put a new battery, put a new card in, <clears throat> start the camera. And then once they get in the truck, they they can download all the content and then they'll share it with captains so they can get, you know, they'll see us. Right. And it's hours upon hours of you and I just basically right. bobbing around, but right. they'll, they'll take what they need from it. Yeah. We're going to try to make an episode out of it as well, um, depending on what kind of footage we get. I don't know if it'll be a, a segment in an episode or a full episode. Sure. I mean, it's hard to say now because you yeah. have no idea what you're going to get, but. Well, I mean, every year it's, it's, it's drama. It's suspenseful. It's, you know, last year I think was one for the books, you know, just everything that happened. The weather was just beyond anything you would even go out your front door in. You know, and we got, <laughs> we're sitting out there and FWC and the governor and everyone's looking at us. And, and, you know, that, that day when I woke up in the hotel room and looked out onto the beach and the, you know, they had this flag, I actually took a picture of it and it's just, I mean, not even waving. It is just like, it's got, like it goes up, like it's just got starch, heavy yeah. starch in it, just sitting there like this. And then we didn't leave until probably three or four in the afternoon. So all day you just have that suspenseful you know, anxiety yeah. coming on you because you're, you're trying to prep and you're watching the weather and you change clothes six times, you know, and felt like I wanted to throw up. Actually, I think I did throw up, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, just from being nervous. And, uh, but once they say go, that's where it just, all of a sudden it's, it's, it's just quiet. You just, and Chase and I would go hours and not speak, hmm. you know, I mean, that's, we just go hours and just, there's no reason to talk. Just, right. Let's just run it, you know? So, um, and you know, this year I think it's still going to be there. Um, I'm excited to compete against chase. You know, we've been team, uh, teammates for five years. Um, he's moved on. He's with, uh, Kyle mm-hmm. now and they'll be competing. So, you know, much love there. I, you know, I welcome the competition. Right. So it's going to be fun. It's yeah, well, fun. there's another person that knows what it takes. I mean, yeah. that's well, he's got to put his team together too. Yeah, you know? I so, mean, but yeah. still, there's an experience level of knowing how to prepare. There's an experience level of having completed it. How many times has he completed it? Or you completed it? We've together five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of experience. So a new yeah. team coming in, tough to yeah. tough to go up against that. Now you're split. So there's another <clears throat> two teams with that. How many times? I mean, there a lot of times when the skiff challenge happens, and you'll have to forgive me if I don't if I'm not as into it as I should be, but not everybody finishes, right? There has there has been times where where teams did not finish, you mm-hmm. know, and because uh, of mechanical or because of like physical, both, yeah, both, um, and. Um, there's been times where teams have had to pull out and, you know, put the boat on the trailer. And once mm-hmm. you put the boat on the trailer, you're disqualified. Right. That's one of the rules. Like yep. it can never leave the water. It can never leave. You can do whatever you need to do to the boat. You just have to do it 
you know, you have to pull up on a sandbar, shove it in some mangroves, whatever you need to do to, to fix whatever you have. Um, but you cannot put it on the trailer. You put it on the trailer, you're done. Mm-hmm. So boat comes out of the water, you're done. Um, last year, <clears throat> teams Hell, hell's Bay, you know, the perfect example. Um, they had a Jack, Jack plate, just, just come in too, you know, <laughs> split right down the middle. And, um, they pulled into John's pass over in St. Pete, back the boat in, put the motor down on both of the motor right there. Really? You know, guys are holding the boat. Everything stayed up. And I think they were in and out in 23, 27 minutes. Changed out the jack plate. Didn't even change it. Just bolted the, bolted the motor right back to the back of the boat. Wow. Yeah. Just took the jack plate off. Huh. So, you know, I'm sure that hurt their performance because they probably are like us. They had the, the motor set at a certain height. Right. Um, you don't do a lot of trimming. You don't do a lot of adjusting. You, you get your wide open max, you know, setting and you push the throttle all the way down and you leave it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I mean, part of that is because there's a 70 horsepower restriction, right? Correct. So, I mean, it can only, you can only go so fast with a, with a 70. You'll be surprised. Um, last year we, we, we had some new teams come in and, um, you know, the speeds, the speeds increased every year, the average, I mean, I remember when the average speed used to be about 28 to 31 miles an hour to do the whole race. Now, even with bigger swells, um, worse weather than we had the year before, we're averaging about 38 to 39 miles an hour Hmm. doing the whole thing. That doesn't sound very fast, but in a little 17 foot boat, yeah, doing 1500 miles, every mile per hour counts. Certainly. And uh, wave restriction is your biggest thing um, with that motor. Um, it, it, you get a lot of uh, a lot of resistance. Your, your RPMs go down, has to wind back up, you know. So um, even though you might think that you're not going very fast, it, 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 the time that we're doing this 14, 1500 miles is just getting chopped in half. Hmm. You know, it, it, it literally has. I mean, I remember the first time we tried to do it, it was like 96 hours. Now we're completing it 41. So is that partly because when you pulled into a rest stop, you're kind of stretching, eating, oh, yeah. kind of doing, you know, <laughs> oh, whatever. And now it, it's now it's like NASCAR. Now it's the competitions come in, you know, before you were doing it and we were shaking hands with everybody and it said, you know, hey, let's let's compete. It's, it's all about finishing it, which it is. You're going to compete against yourself. Your team is going out to showcase your product, showcase your electronics, showcase your motor, showcase your, your boat, um, and, and navigate it and figure it out. And your team might have different challenges than my team might mm-hmm. have. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And that book's going to you know tell its own story for each team. Um, you don't know. You have no idea when they say go. You have no idea what's going to come. You could run a perfect race and no issues whatsoever. We've only done that one time and it wasn't a perfect race. We just persevered through some of the worst things we've ever seen before. Hmm. Like weather wise? Weather wise. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was the, it was the night that we left out and it was, I think we had 12 or 13 hours. Was that last year? That's last year. Just straight, heavy sideways pellet rain, just coming down lightning. They, at the end of the event, they, they showed me something that um, Chase and I went through and all the teams went through, but some ungodly thousands of lightning strikes around us, like 1500 lightning strikes around mm. us as we were moving through this front that was coming through. And, and 
the idea was we were going to either be behind it or in front of it. It didn't work that way. It just sat on top of us <laughs> and we just all moved together all the way across the panhandle. And uh, when you come out of Apalachicola, you got two choices. You either make the jump to Steenahatchee, Cedar Key, or you've got to, you know, you've got to go up and kind of, as we call it, run, run the rim, run the mm-hmm. armpit, you know, Florida, which is a lot of time. Yeah. And um, when those swells and this pitch blackout and, you know, it's, it's hairy. Yeah. It's hairy. I mean, I don't care how experienced <laughs> you are. There's things that we've all been in, even in 40 foot center consoles where we turn around and go, that we wasn't smart. We shouldn't, you know, be, out we shouldn't be out here, guys. <laughs> you know, and every time we do the skiff challenge, it's one of those things where we look at each other and say, they, we, what are, we should not be out here, but let's go do this, mm. you know, but there's a lot of safety involved. Um, you know, last year, again, uh, credit to Captain's Clean Water um, with them hosting the event. I mean, we had FWC on watch for us. Um, every team, every person had a personal EPIRB. Um, I mean, just the, the safety that goes into that is 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 very high in what it used to be from what it used to be. Right. So um, having captains host it and having them organize it really, really is it, they're doing a great job. Yeah. Well, I would imagine as it gets more notoriety, people, other people start stepping in like captains for clean water, then there are insurance requirements like there's a huge should probably have have <laughs> there's a lot a of insurance waiver. on yeah, this and in order to get certain insurance every person's going to have to have an epurb we're going to have to have like fwc or whatever mm-hmm. like and all of a sudden it starts stepping up and then what's scary is that wiley is going to set this benchmark for as fast as it can be run which obviously people are going to try to beat that like immediate next year, right? So I mean, then the bar keeps getting raised higher and higher. It's it's very interesting to see something that starts kind of real grassroots like this, and just everybody's shaking hands. You pull in, maybe you get a burger, like you know, mm-hmm. and then the next thing you know, it's like uh, everybody's got a pit crew, and um, and and it just gets faster and faster and faster, all for. Uh, a Yeti jug like I have right there, like one of those half gallon jugs. That's yeah, the prize, right? Rights. Right. Yeah. No money. <laughs> um, you know, you just get to pound your chest if you want to for, you know, 364 days. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of preparation. Um, you could, you could get lucky. You could show up with your team and man, you could kill it. I think it's going to come down to those guys that know what they're going to get into. Mm. Um, you know, we got two teams last year that that came in first timers and um, they've, they've got, they've got a little bit of experience under their belt. Now they, they got it, you know, Toby Hansen, yeah. you know, he's coming, yeah. you know, and uh, Chris and, and Tom and Mike, they're, um, they're great guys. And, and one of the cool things about this is we didn't know any of those guys until we all did the skiff challenge. And now we've got this little thing. I don't see him. We're not, you know, I think we saw him at the, uh, at, uh, Ibex or, yeah, or something yeah, yeah. that we had a little get together for everyone showed up, um, for captains. But, um, you know, now we're, we all follow each other on social media. The wives have met, you know, and follow each other. And we share this little common bond that, you know, Hey, he, 
he's competitive. Yeah. He's got the, he's got the little fire in his eye and it's nice to meet guys like that. You yeah. Know? So well, I to- welcome them back and, and you know, it's going to be fun. Toby, um, he's a, he's a cool dude. I, uh, I met Toby so long ago, so long ago. And he was working for this guy that just had the ultimate life. He had as much money as you could possibly make in a lifetime times about 50. And he would show up with a sport fisher and I would meet them at the sport fisher. But the, the gentleman that hired us wasn't there yet. And so I would eat breakfast with Toby. He was working there and some days they didn't come and I would take Toby fishing and some days they did come, but we would be eating breakfast. Anything you want. What would you like? You know, can I make you an omelet? Can, would you like pancakes? What, What do you want? I'm like, wow, this is cool. And then you'd see a Gulfstream jet come in and another one because they never, the, the father and the son, they didn't travel together. And they would land and he was like, yeah, they'll be here in a few minutes. And and they'd come out as long as the weather was good, you know, then they would just fly in from wherever they were. But they had the identical operation um, on the Great Barrier Reef with another captain and another crew. And man, like if the weather was just bad, they'd just go there. Amazing. You know, the weather's good somewhere. Yeah. And, And if you got boats all over the world, you can just do that. But I mean, when I saw that, I was like, man, some people are living in a different world. Like that is pretty awesome. Yeah. This guy had caught so many black Marlin and he just, he, he really was the real deal. Like you think like you like fishing. Well, imagine if you had $20 billion how much, what would you do then? And, and basically he did that. I mean, to the, to the point that you're, you're like, and you have another boat where, and another boat where those are all the best places in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and Toby was working for this guy and, and he was just the nicest person. He was so into fishing. Um, he was amazing. I mean, that was, that was really something to see that and experience that. Cause I, I didn't know that existed before that. I mean, you think about like people that have a lot of money and, and, and are really into whatever they're into, mm-hmm. but until you kind of see that firsthand, you're like, wow, yeah, that's amazing. But he's, he's a competitor. I mean, he's got cauliflower ear, which every time I see that, I'm like, hmm, okay, watch out for that guy. Yeah. I know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want him to get me on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, cauliflower ear speaks, speaks volumes about your, your past. And, uh, if you have some, or you can see it on somebody, even if it's faded and kind of not as, not as prevalent as it probably once mm-hmm. was kind of like, okay, I understand that guy's a wrestler or uh jujitsu or rugby player, or, you know, that's kind of where you get cauliflower ear. Yeah. So I know yeah. all I need to know about all those people and they're all competitors. Yep. And if you got cauliflower ear, watch out. And Toby's yeah. got double cauliflower ear. <laughs> so I know he's going to be a competitor. Yeah. Jesse and Mike too. They're, they were, you know, now what team this, are they? They were with Key West. Okay. And they were, you know, just some of the nicest guys we met. All of them were, we all got together after the event, about a month after I think, and went back up to Jacksonville and filmed some stuff for a little Q and a. 
with the captains for clean water and just all of us just talking. And that was one of the cool things that, you know, that, that was just cool just mm-hmm. to um, kind of get there. And some of the guys brought their wives. And so the wives got to meet and um, that was just, that was, that was nice, you know, to, to sit down and talk with, uh, you know, six, eight guys that, um, Hey, what do you, what would you do different? You know, how oh, can yeah? we improve this? Really? Like yeah. the guard comes down a month yeah. after the race? Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> everything settles and, and, um, uh, and we talk and, and, you know, do we want to do this? Do we want to do that? And the biggest challenge for me in starting this, the skiff challenge and, and watching it grow and come out of this organic form into, you know, kind of finding a home for it, because again, I didn't have time to run it. Mm-hmm. Um, Giving it to basically giving it to captains for clean water and saying, will you please do something with this? I really want to see this grow, but I just want to compete in it mm-hmm. um, is getting the manufacturers to realize what this is and getting the guards to come down mm-hmm. because within any industry of what you are, I don't care if you're, you know, whatever you do, if you do pools for a living, build homes for a living and you're a competitive person you you're always going to look at that builder or this guy or that guy, you know, and what you do and how can you be better and how can you be better within the, within the Marine industry, as far as boat builders, we're very, very, um, particular and, and we're very cautious on who we let into our space, mm. right? Cause we are all building different things, even though we can go anywhere and look at any boat and figure things out and, 99.9% of us all use the same stuff or buy from the same person and have probably the same rep, you know, for, mm. for whatever that is, but getting the big manufacturers to understand, Hey, this is, this is for a great cause. Um, this is something for you to showcase and it's really, yes, it's competitive. It's when they say, go, we're going to compete, but you're not going to see me for two days, I'm not going to see you unless we're, <laughs> unless we're side by side and we're, and we're going to compete at the end of it though, being a part of it, having your product, which you're going to showcase, finish it. Um, whatever tier boat builder you are, if you're a high volume production boat builder, um, if you're a, uh, kind of a, a specific, you know, I, I build one boat at a time, white glove type builder. Um, it, it doesn't matter to, to finish the, finish the, the competition and the challenge and for you and your team to turn around and say, Hey, we did that, you know, team, um, team C pro team key West team hell's Bay team yellowfin. We did that. We, we completed it and good job to you. Yes. I got first, but good <laughs> job for you competing it. Don't give up, you know, and to have that opportunity to showcase that and the, and the amount of coverage that captains is bringing as far as the production of it, um, you know, you'd have to talk to, to, to Chris and, and Daniel and Alicia on, on their vision and their long road, uh, or long range plan, but they have, they have done a, a stellar job as far as coverage for all the teams. Mm-hmm. So when we pay our entry fee, you know, these guys, most people are always, uh, kind of questioning, you know, what does that bring? You know, you know, I don't want to be a part of something that me as a manufacturer doesn't, you know, I'm not going to get a return. Believe me, it didn't matter if you were first or fourth last year, everyone got great coverage. Everyone, I mean, the, what they're doing with this is, is worth every penny of it. And the money's going towards 
you know, an initiative to help all of us. You know, it's the fight's not going to be over anytime soon. Right. So we have to, we have to keep going forward. I mean, that's the, that's the big thing. I mean, it's, it's cool that there's a, a race around Florida in small boats, but you know, the bigger picture is that captains for clean water is interested in being a big part of this because this race stands for something. Mm-hmm. And when you're a part of that race, if that's what you choose to do, there's, there's other people that, uh, other boat manufacturers that are not part of the race and they choose to help the water issue in a different way. And that's fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. But this is a way that the boat manufacturers, if you build a boat that is of the right size, cause there's pl- probably plenty of manufacturers that would love to do something like this, but they don't have a boat that qualifies at this point. Um, but it's a it's a way for for you know just to kind of rally around the the water issue and that's the bigger thing that's what i'm really excited about is is just being part of that because i mean that's the most important thing in the state of florida right now yep i mean if it if and and you know just on a very simple level if the water isn't clean and nice and people want to go fishing and the fishing's not good well there's no reason to build any boats because nobody wants to be out there. But on a bigger level, if we all kind of come together and do something that gets a lot of coverage and tells this story in a way that um, not just the hardcore skiff enthusiasts can understand it, but somebody in Ohio, somebody in Missouri, somebody in Texas can look at what's going on and go, oh, that's a big deal. And that's something that affects all of us because of the, I mean, the economy of the state of Florida is a big part of the economy of the United States. And a big part of that is fishing, tourism, um, you know, call it whatever you want. People going to the beach, people renting a house, people wanting to just get into warm weather. And, you know, if, if the water is not clean and nice, and there's not dead fish all over the beach, or there are dead fish all over the beach. People just don't want to do that. And the economy of this entire state of Florida um, affects the entire country. And I think that's the big part of this about why Captains wants to get so much coverage on this is to is to, you know, if if we're crazy enough to go around the state of Florida in a 17 foot boat in lightning storms. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Why? Like there must be a bigger mission here. I think the platform of, of the challenge too, for captains is it's, it's bringing, you know, just like you're saying, it's bringing awareness last year, um, during the race, you know, um, we were, we were fortunate to have a, um, governor saying it's, you know, come out and, um, you know, you know, talk to us and, and, and do a little press conference for the event, which was spectacular. And we used the challenge last year to bring awareness to his Everglades restoration project. It was, I think it was six, 600, you know, 620 some odd million dollars that it was going to be needed to push this budget to, to, 
to, to do this. Right. And so that was cool last year, how we wrapped the challenge into a strategy to bring awareness. And so all those people that were following us, you know, and as we were doing the event, we were, you know, captains had a, a nice, easy sheet, you know, via, via, um, on, you know, social media, Instagram, wherever. And you basically click the button and within 30 seconds, you know, you filled out the form to promote, you know, or, or to bring awareness towards this, uh, this initiative that governor DeSantis was trying to push and it ended up passing. Mm. So I think the first phase of it, and, and that's something else that I really think captains has done well is that as a, as a guy that sits in the office or build boats or I'm out here and I go to the beach, I go to the beach and I go in the water and I go, Oh, I, this is horrible. This is horrible. Um, you know, when we have those water problems, like we did a year or so ago, um, right now we've got, you know, red tide down South of us, mm. you know, and we're all watching that coming up, uh, coming up from Venice, you know, up to our area. We've got fish kills and stuff down there right now, but <clears throat> the education to find out, okay, you know, we, we can't just, blame politicians all the time. You know, what's going on? Um, is it, um, improper or, or, uh, overpopulated areas? You know, we, we hear this, this talk all the time in, in my area here, um, Braden and Sarasota of, um, sewage spills, sewage spills, and the media reports them as a spill. Well, the spill that runs off, it gets in the creeks, it makes its way down Philippi into the Sarasota Bay. And then, you know, we've got this, you know, you fly over Venice and it's just this sludge coming out mm. of fresh water and it's contaminated. But where's the real issue there? The real issue is that, you know, 20 years ago when they built the water treatment plants and the sewage plants for the city, for that area, the growth just has boomed in the last 10 years that it can't handle it. So it's not that there's a spill. It's the fact that, Hey, we need to do something about this and build new facilities. So <clears throat> they're doing that. So the education that you get from captains of finding out why and peeling the, you know, the layers of the onion back to mm -hmm. see, well, no, this, this is why this is happening. If, and this is one little bite of the big fight. But if we fix this, then we can move to this. Right. You can't fix this without fixing this first. That's what I've always liked about, about them. And one of the reasons why I wanted to get more involved with captains is because they always tended to keep things positive, educate people, and then show them a solution. Mm -hmm. Like it's, and, and that is so different to me than just standing there screaming and pointing your finger, exactly. which I, I, I just never, I just never thought that was effective, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe it is, and maybe there's times where it has been incredibly effective to where you show your, uh, that, that you're very upset about a political decision or whatever. And then people are like, well, wow, if I want to get elected again, I better not do that again. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So that could be possibly effective, but it just seems like captains has been able to rally you know, there's some really intelligent people in the fishing and boating and the in in this industry. I mean, a lot of the people that are coming down here, even if it even if they don't fish, they have somehow made a lot of money and they have a vacation house and they they leave Ohio or or Michigan or wherever and they come down here to enjoy the warm weather and the beautiful beaches the and maybe they never fish. But those are intelligent people. Those are intelligent people that love this place and they probably have tons of connections and they probably have tons of money and they can make a difference if they are guided 
to understand what the problem is. Mm -hmm. Maybe they understand that they're part of the problem, putting all this stuff on their lawns and, and um, maybe they can make a change. But I just think that captains has done just, that's what I like so much is that they they have always offered solutions, you know, like here's the plan. It's already been out there for a long time. And now we just have to kind of guide everyone to, um, kind of helping things pass or, or, or whatever, so that they can actually get back to doing what was the, the Everglades yeah. restoration plan. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to watch and, and I'm glad to have, you know, kind of created this crazy thing and, and hand it to them and they're doing a great job with it. And I think, I think as years come by, even this year, you're going to see, you're going to be wowed by what they have to come yeah. and, and, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. So be fun. why did you start it anyway? I mean, in the very beginning, like I remember you coming to me kind of at a, a Miami boat show and kind of being like, what do you think about this? I'm thinking about doing this. Um, I think I've always, you know, if, especially in the fishing world, especially the guides, you know, you never meet a lazy guide, right? I mean, mm, you, I might, you might, okay, well, you're never going to meet a successful lazy you guy. Go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to get up early. You got to take care of business. You got to prep today for tomorrow. You're constantly catching bait. You're constantly watching equipment. You've got to have a somewhat of a good personality because if you don't have consistent clients, you're basically picking up at the dock every day. You've, you know, you've got to talk to, you have this type of personality and this kind of stuff that you put out there and you're up early, late at night, whatever it calls for. Um, I guided a little bit. Um, I've always been an outdoors guy. Um, my dad did a great job raising me. Just, I mean, we were, we were, we were outside. We were either working outside or we were playing outside and I can't stand being in inside. I, I can't, I can't, <laughs> um, you know, I have an office, but if you know me, I sit for about, I, I have a list of things I need to conquer. I conquer them. I get up and I leave, you know, cause if I have a phone and I'm mobile and I go to the shop and I walk the line, I'm talking to people and stuff. I just like to move. So I'm always kind of looking for something new. Um, had a little bit of a military background and challenged this. And then I did some pretty hairy things in my, my younger days as far as, uh, employment and, um, pushed the limit there for a little bit. Uh, got out of that. Wait, what do you mean? What are um, I was stacking cell phone towers. Okay. And we used a gym pole. We didn't use a crane. So we would. What's a gym pole? Gym pole is um, basically if you're going to build a three, 400, 500 foot tower, self-supporting tower that, you know, like one we have right there outside our window yeah. there. Um, basically, I would put um, 40 feet of tower up and then I take this little mini tower and put on the inside of it. And then I have a double drum wench. I have a drum of cable here and a drum of cable here. And you sit on the wench and it's kind of like this. And um, basically you're taking that, that gym pole and you're booming it down and you're picking up pieces of the tower. Mm -hmm. You're picking up and you're setting it in place. And then you build 20 feet at a time. And then you, what they call jump, jump the pole, you rig it, re-rig it. And then you jump it up another 20 feet, re-rig it, boom down. So I did that for, many years and we worked in all types of conditions. Sounds dangerous. It, it is. Yeah, Could it be. was. Yeah. I lost a couple friends, you know, through, and I know some guys that aren't, aren't with us anymore. Wow. Um, they fell. Um, I've got one very close friend, um, 
who fell, who lives here in Bradenton, um, who actually made it. He survived. Um, but it was time to leave that. And I just think I always had that little bug in my head and um, was just dormant. I just needed something. And I love the old Florida history. I love reading and hearing the old stories of the old time. Um, and I think I was reading Totch at the time. Mm, yeah. And it's a great book. I was, I was reading, um, at one point in his story about him rowing, like actually rowing from Chukaluski to like, uh, you know, the Cape, you know, to go alligator hunt, <laughs> you know, to go hunt gators. And he rode there and he rode back. With I, a bunch of gators, probably. Yeah, so there's skins and several stuff, yeah, hundred and I'm, pounds. And I'm extra. going in in a flat bottom, you know, pitch pan style boat, you know, right. back then. And I'm going, that man broke the mold. Like, yeah. you know, I, you know, you go out, we get out, we were on rowing machines this morning. We did a couple hundred meters, you know, at a time. And you think about the, you know, what it takes, you know, to Some do that. hard people back then, yeah, man. very hard. Um, but, but just the adventure of it. I love being in a boat at night. I love, you know. <laughs> navigating, going different places. I love when I, you know, I take a couple boats over to the Bahamas and I love going someplace I've never been because, you know, you kind of figure it out, you know, and you, you can look at charts and talk to friends and, you know, get, do all the stuff you're supposed to do for pre-planning, but I love figuring it out. And, uh, a little bit of MacGyver and everybody, you know, <laughs> and, um, it just came, I think I, I read a, I read a story about, um, flip, flip pallet, about how he took his, um, he was telling someone, and I don't remember if I read it or heard it, but he was telling someone how he took his whip ray all the way to uh, Walker's, you know, and, you know, it was like a little 16 or whatever yeah. the whip ray is. I That's forget. a tiny boat. Tiny, tiny boat. And he just he had to get it over there. So he, he just drove it over there. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. You know, and of course, you know, as you grow up and especially in Florida, you meet so many people that tell you, oh, well, I ran a 16 foot John boat to Bimini and back and this and that. And that's a 70 mile run. We came up with the idea because in my industry, something that was just getting was getting absolutely boring to me was fishing tournaments. I couldn't stand to watch another fishing tournament or be a part of it. And I'm talking inshore. Mm -hmm. There's some yeah. great offshore events and there's some good inshore stuff. But to hear someone tell me that they won a tournament because they were in this boat or they did this, they did that. I just heard enough of it. And I figured that if you really want to find out who's got the best boat and who's got the best gear and who's got the best electronics and the best motor, the best navigation whatsoever, then let's do something like this and find out who's got the best of everything and really test yourself. So that's where it came up. I got sick of, you know, had a little bit of that background and then I got sick of hearing about tournaments. And then we started, I started talking to people about it. I think I talked to you I talked to a couple of people about it because I was trying to plan it mm -hmm. in my head and I knew what it would take. And then, um, I think one day I was at work and I looked at Chase and I said, uh, Hey, you want to do this next week? <laughs> next week. <laughs> and, um, I borrowed a boat. I borrowed a boat, um, actually from my cousin that you met this morning, uh -huh. it was his boat. And I said, Hey, I'm going to take your boat. And, um, we ripped everything he had on out, put all new electronics, you know, Simrad jumped on board with us, gave us everything we needed and said, Hey, if you're crazy enough to do it here, you know, go run it. 
And we went out that first year and I mean, we basically started a Facebook page, the Facebook page that's there today. We started it that morning at the boat ramp, like <laughs> opened a Facebook page and no one knew what we were doing. And just within, I think a couple hours, we had a couple hundred followers and people started sharing it and, you know, we were going and, you know, trying to do this and it just, it just took off from so there. So just you two with no, no other competitors. Nope, that was it. We were just doing it to see if we could make it. Now, first year we did not. We ended in Biscayne Bay. And um, I mean, man, what a life lesson. We we got, I mean, we got, we got tore up. We were, we were pounded. Um, had no, no expectation of the amount of fatigue that was going to come on. Um, no um, knowledge of, you know, when I say fatigue, not just mentally, but physically, you know, I'm sit in a boat and drive it. That's easy, man. I love driving boats, you know, yeah. just sit there and just do this. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think before we even made it out of, uh, Pensacola, it hit me like, holy cow, that's a big bay. And there's, I'm looking at the chart. I'm like, we got to go three more of those, you know, <laughs> and we're not even out. We're not even to Apalachicola yet, you know? But then what started happening is you start looking around you're like, man, this is cool. You know, you see the landscape start changing. And uh, now I have like little landmarks. I can't wait to see, you know, I have little things. And this year we totally got flipped around because we're usually starting at first light. Now they totally flipped it around, started us, you know, in the middle of the afternoon, hmm. you know? And so most of the race that we would normally have in daytime last year, we had, you know, it was, you know, the stars were out. So, wow. But that's kind of how it got started. And that was it. And from there, um, you know, went to boat shows, started talking to some other guys, uh, you know, see who had an interest, you know, again, not walking in, pounding my chest, you know, this and that, you know, wanting, I wanted competition. I wanted to compete against somebody. Who was the first to, to bite? Hell's Bay, Chris Peterson. And, um, Chris had some guys working for him. He had one, one guy working for him at the time. Um, he's not there any longer, but uh, Brian Hall and uh, him and I made a connection. He's from my hometown, like the same music, play guitar, all that kind of stuff. So it was kind of, that was easy. Um, and then, you know, started talking to Chris, um, met him. Um, we kind of knew each other a little bit, um, but we didn't have the relationship we have now. Mm -hmm. um, and which is a funny one. You know, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, you know, walked to him and introduced myself, said, Hey, this is, you know, this is how I see it. I want to, yes, I want to compete, but it's a challenge for you and your company. Just like it's a challenge for me and my company. I got no idea what's going to happen. We've got no idea what's going to happen this year. Mm -hmm. We're going to plan for everything. But at the end of the day, man, you're out there bobbing around, you know, you got to figure out, Hey, how am I going to get, get this boat somewhere to get it fixed? How am I going to do it? You know, um, you know, maybe, you know, who knows what could happen. So you try to plan on it. Got to keep the boat as light as possible. But after talking to Chris and explaining all this stuff and saying, hey, this is what we're trying to do. He jumped on. And I think it was that was in October when I, I did the I did the very first one that year in March. And then they did a um, Sport Fishing Magazine did a big article on it. And that got some notoriety. Um, and people started calling and asking about it and then calling, you know, we're at Yellowfin and 
you know, they're answering the phone and people want to talk about the skiff challenge. We're like, well, we don't talk about it. We're, <laughs> we're building boats here. We're not doing the skiff challenge. So people started to call and started email and talk. And then the article came out and, um, that got some great coverage and, you know, you start traveling, doing boat shows and, you know, events and people, you know, kind of talk to you about it. So by that October, I had approached Hell's Bay at Fort Lauderdale and said, Hey, you know, let's think about this by that next, um, by that next, um, uh, West Palm beach show, which was, um, um, early March, they had committed to do it and they were doing it. Um, and we were going to get done with West Palm and we were going to travel, um, immediately after the show. And, uh, we sat down at Rocco's tacos <laughs> and wrote all the rules. Chase and I wrote pretty much the outline of the rules of what we had done and how we could do it. And we wrote them. We, I think we wrote them all on a bar napkin and sat there and said, all right, this is the skiff challenge. And that's it. That's it. I'm surprised that maybe because I've eaten at Rocco's Tacos quite a few times, it's so loud in that place. There was probably some, some miscommunication about <laughs> what they thought, what you thought the rules might should have, should have been and what well, was actually written down because yeah. that place is so loud. I, we've decided no more meetings there because nobody can hear oh, anything, yeah, it is. Um, but good tacos. Yeah. Um, so a bar napkin is the beginning and how have the rules changed or stayed the same since then? They have not wavered one bit. Yeah. And we even got approached to, uh, up the horsepower rating by, uh, you know, probably something that would help the challenge out a lot. You know, we had a, we had a motor manufacturer coming in that did not make a 70, but did make a 75. So, um, you know, the, uh, the board, as you could say, got together and asked opinions and my opinion was absolutely not, you know, because you start opening the door. Most of the outboard blocks at 75 horsepower are nothing more than a 90 and the 90 is nothing more than a 115. So mm-hmm. you start opening little windows of opportunity to, to, to allow guys or teams as this grows um, to, you know, I'm not saying anyone would cheat, but I'm just saying it just you know, why even go down that road? You know, why even there's nothing wrong with what we've been doing. It's competitive. It's hard to run a 70, you know? (laughs) And if you're, you know, Mercury doesn't make a 70, they make a 60, you know? Um, Suzuki makes a 70, Honda makes a 70, um, Yamaha makes a 70 and you've got the Mercury 60 if you want to run it. And so, you know, even you could be, you could have everyone running the same motor manufacturer, you know, number one, that's, that's not interesting. Number two, you're still going to have separation, Mm -hmm. you know, with teams, you know, because something's going to happen to one team and, you know, like hell's Bay last year, their jack plate split. They didn't know that was going to happen when they started the race. You know, we didn't know things were going to happen to us years past when we started the race. It, It, that's why they happen. Um, it's how you adapt and overcome, but, uh, you know, we've kept the rules They're They're as simple as they can be. We named the date prior, prior to the next year. So when we get done with this year, before we leave, someone will throw out the date and it's usually, it's the last week in March or the first week in April, which is, I mean, go to your farmer's almanac. It's the worst <laughs> time in the world. Oh, yeah, it is um, always. And <laughs> Um, 70 horsepower motor. You cannot be over an 18 foot boat. You can run a 16 foot boat. You can run a 17, eight, but you cannot run an 18, two, cannot run an 18, one, uh, 22 gallons of fuel, 
Use any navigational source you find necessary. Two guys that get in the boat, they stay in the boat. Two guys in the truck, no more. Can't have four guys in the truck. Two guys in the truck. That's it. Because that's a challenge, you know, in mm-hmm. itself. We, those guys don't get, you know, get the credit they need. That's a whole other Certainly. side of drama. I mean, these guys, Man, these guys are sore from driving uh, around the state of Florida. Well, just, I mean, two o'clock in the morning and, you know, two egg Florida and, hey, I need a battery <laughs> now, you know, well, you know, I mean, they're Google searching and Google Earth and how are you going to get to me and, you know, where are we going to stop for fuel? I'm not getting because, you know, the swells are so big. My wave restriction, my my um, my range is down, so we can't make it to that stop. We got to find a new stop all while you're driving this skiff as fast as it'll go. And you and your co-pilot are sitting there, you know, trying to text, and write, call VHF radio and figure out, OK, there's a pasture located to a curb store that I can get to, you know, so these are, these are the things you have to, you have to come up with, you know, and you got to have a good crew to do that, but none of the rules have changed. That's it. So, and if so the what boat, if a, what if a manufacturer had an 18 foot two boat, could they customize it for the skiff challenge and make it 18 feet or it's like straight off the line, whatever's yeah, straight off the line. Um, we're not allowed to bring anything into the event that we don't produce. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to make a design change, to benefit you in the skiff challenge, well, that whatever you do cannot be a one-off. It yeah. has to be a production type model. So, you know, um, if you're going to build a, an, you know, an all carbon, you know, poxy, you know, this one-off boat, no, you know, and, uh, most of the skiff manufacturers and most of the major skiff manufacturers have something, you know, in the 16, 17, 18 foot range, you know, that a lot of the rules came, because, you know, you know, I started it, Chase and I started it. Um, and at, at Yellowfin, we, we built one skiff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't have, you know, I don't have six skiffs, you know, to, to choose from or, you know, this model or this model. We have one. So it's a, you know, it's a 17.4 and that's it. We don't build, we don't, we don't allow anything over 18 feet. So, and, you know, again, like we said earlier, the boat has to stay in the water. Any repairs you do to it, anything like that, you can tie up to a dock work on it but the boat has to stay in the water you know sandbar beach whatever but he cannot put it on the trailer you put it on the trailer you're disqualified you know if you or i get out of the boat and someone else gets in the boat you know we're disqualified you know so we have to we have to be the so guys you can't that, get out of the boat at all oh no no we can get out of the boat we can you know when we hit a stop we can change clothes and do this and that but you and i have to navigate the boat no one mm-hmm. else can get in i can't i can't take a break and I'll see, right. I'll see you at the next oh, stop, yeah. Tom. Yeah. I'm going to put, you know, G in here with you. Right. And I'll see you at the next stop. I'm going to go lay in the truck and take some sleep. No, we can't do that. So <laughs> we, once we start it, we stay in the boat. Man, what an event. Yeah. I mean, such a, it, it's, it's exciting because there's so many things that to be excited about, like the, the, the actual race, the adventure the adrenaline that's going to come from, from all of that, but then the bigger picture of, of, uh, of the message of captains for clean water in the state of Florida. It's it's all man. I guarantee you every team that was in it last year, and especially the, the two newer teams, I guarantee you they're already looking at their calendar and they will prepare, you know, whether it be what I do, um, as far as working out, 
I guarantee you they will start to prepare for it because it, it, it hit them. They, they know about it now. They, they know that they can't plan anything. It's not going to be, you know, it would be, you know, a miracle if we showed up and it was just glass out the whole way. It's just yeah. not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. Not, not that happen. time of the year. But these guys, I guarantee you, they've got it marked on their calendar and they're planning. You know, I mean, you start, you know, you start knowing what you're going to go through. And they might not have known last year, but they do now. And so the competition's coming. So are there any brand new teams this year? Yeah. Well, I mean, of course, we have we have the Kayo guys coming okay. on. Yeah. That's a brand new team. So that Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... There's, there, there's five. Um, I heard that there was another brand new team. I'm, I'm not sure of the manufacturer that's six and there was two open spots. So, and plenty of applications. Now, mind you, um, last year and this year, you know, we opened the doors this year. I mean, everyone knew if you, if you were a manufacturer in Texas, come on, you know, bring it. Here's the application. Here's the, you know, entry fee. You know, this is what we got to do. That's what all teams do. Bring it. You know, and so I'm sure that they got quite, quite an overloaded applications. I would hope they did, because, again, on social media, you hear a lot of people wanting to be a part of it. You know, you know, as they say, everyone wants. So you think they got applications and then what they select those applications? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the one of the qualifying things is you you can't be you know, you can't be a a hobby builder. You have to actually be a manufacturer. You have to have a Coast Guard um, H.I.N. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, you have to have an identifying that you produce, you're in business of producing boats. You know, we can't have hobby builders um, because of the liability and things like that. Uh, as a manufacturer, you select your team. All right. So we, we kept it for many years. Chris and I kind of had this, this idea is you build it, you put your butt in the seat, you represent it. We had to kind of move away from that because not every manufacturer is going to want to, you know, build something. And yeah. again, they, they have pro staff, they have guys, you know, that, that come along and thank goodness they do because we met some of those guys last year. Um, but um, the now what we allow is you have to be a, 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 a manufacturer that produces boats for, you know, for the industry. Um, you can select your team to go in your boat. Um, so if you have you know, pro staff guys or, you know, guides that, you know, run your boats for you or stuff like that. Um, you know, you can, you can submit them. Um, but I think what they'll do is they'll go through and they'll find, you know, two open spots and, and find the best candidates, you know, maybe, maybe they're looking for someone in Texas. I don't know. That's, hmm. you know, that's why I handed it to them. You can do one of those, what do they call those boats? The scooters Oh yeah, that are like a surfboard <laughs> with a motor on it. Like well, they're so low. I know they're, yeah. they're incredible. I guess because they do so much wading, they don't want to step over the, the gunnel. Yeah. Those are crazy boats though. Yeah. When yeah. I went there for the first time, I had, I had never seen, I'd seen pictures of them before, but man, those things go shallow, like yeah. unbelievably shallow. Yeah. And you know, there's all types of, you know, you, you look at the skiff world, the inshore world, Bay boats too. Um, you know, you go out to Texas and you've got this miles and miles and miles of the shallow flat these guys run in. And so, you know, you look at those guys, they want to, you know, if they've got 12 inches, that's a hole. Mm-hmm. They want to get up and, and on plane cause they're going to run and then they get out and wade and do a lot right. of things. Then you go to the Carolinas, you know, a, a skiff or a bay boat in the Carolinas is totally different. You mm-hmm. know, the skiff's a little bit more technical, South Carolina, more marsh, you know, area, very quiet, um, you know, drafts and spit, 
you know, and then their bay boats, you know, crossing big bays like we do down here in the Keys, Florida Bay. And it's 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 cool to see, you know, all the different things. And and as as a manufacturer ourselves, you know, we look, we look and see, oh, that's a cool idea. That's a cool idea. Mm. And we'll put these two together, you know. <laughs> so I enjoy that. I enjoy boat shows. I enjoy talking about it. I enjoy talking about fishing and skiffs and the skiff world. And I know a lot of guys and, you know, I've never been the guy that will walk into your office and pound my chest. I can if you, if I need to be, but I'm not that guy by nature, by nature as you know, we're, we're going to build boats. We're all going to build boats, you know, and, and thank goodness for this economy. And, and I hope people keep building boats and uh, selling tackle and, restaurants and real estate and everything else. But at the end of the day, I hope you have someone at your establishment that works just as hard as I do. Cause you deserve it. You know, <laughs> everyone deserves it. That's why there's chocolate and vanilla, you know, <laughs> but I go to a lot of manufacturers and, and look at their product and I see some cool stuff. I see a lot of stuff we do all the same. You know, I, I see where I can make improvements and that's what the skiff challenge is. Skiff challenge. If I can take that 17 foot boat and I can kill it, I mean, try to actually murder it, you know, for 41, 45, 50 hours, no matter, and try to kill myself at the same time physically. (laughs) Um, And then I can come back and I can make a better bay boat. I can make a better, maybe, you know, uh, you know, 26 hybrid, you know, I can look at wiring. I can look at this, you know, Hey, let's do this, you know, support this better, you know, and one of the best things I do at my shop every now and then is just throw a guy in the truck with me and go do a sea trial. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy that does a bilge, you know, take him out there and run him in it, you know, let him see it, let him feel it, the power that we got in these boats and how fast they can go. And not just that, but at 50 miles an hour on the water, you know, just pounding like that, you know, makes them realize, Hey, you know, make sure that's tight. Make sure we've got some silicone behind that, you know, for stuff. So the skiff challenge brings a lot of that. Uh, it's brought a lot of new technology for us as far as laminates and things we've tried. Um, we've had a lot of development from it. So I hope other manufacturers jump in. Um, I'm eager to see what, what Alicia and, and, and um, the guys over at uh, captains have selected for, for new teams. We're getting close, man. I can feel it. It's, <laughs> it's November's here. And I think you and I talked about it last year in February In February, Miami's going to be here before we know it. And then you're 30 days away. Yeah. You know, you're 30 days away. And I think around January is where I start getting like really, really intense with the workouts. Just, you know, and then I start staying up. It's just, I'll, I'm usually in bed real early because mm. um, I get up early. Yeah. Um, but I'll start making myself kind of, you know, I'll push it to nine. I'll push it to 10. I'm pushing it at 11. And then I get that routine to where you, you kind of build that, you know, up into you. So. <laughs> well, I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm, I'm honored that you would ask me uh, to do it. Um, also kind of scared, but that's cool. I mean, if I, you know, if you don't have something out there in front of you that kind of scares you a little bit, then you're probably living way too comfortable. Exactly. You know, but uh, it's going to be fun, man. We're going to we're going to have some fun. We're going to definitely get prepared. And uh, it's always good to have a reason to ramp up the workouts as well. But man, proud of you with your uh, with your workout, the way you changed your your whole physical life. It's awesome, man. And well, you got. I, get, I was a little intimidated by you coming down. I was. No. Yeah, I made a call to to Ray. I said, "Man, 
we need to kill it. Yeah. So I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it was great. I loved Ray too. He was, he was super cool, but that place that you have is, uh, that's a treasure, man. I mean, those, those people in there, they obviously care about every, everybody that's there. You've got all kinds of other things going on. Like you were telling me about with, with, the doctor and the the diet and all of the the um things that I saw going on there, people measuring their body fat and then, you know, tracking your progress on the whole thing. I mean, when you find something like that, that's that's a good place. That's awesome. a that's a really good place. So you're you're uh I, I liked it. I'm gonna come back. Cool. Always welcome. All right. All right, Heath. We'll see you. See you. Bye. wild game in wild places tune in to hunt stand presents saturdays at 8 30 p.m eastern waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment through the blackwater bayous and in the dark louisiana night floats a duck camp alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of cajun cooking Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest. Me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.